Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 141. You can listen to this show wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. Uh, if you do any of these things, you will see here or see I already said see uh, the faces and voices of myself. I'm Arjo Chow from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. It is Thursday, December 7th, uh, 2023. We have kicked off with Thursday Night Football. Um, a lovely affair, to say the least. Uh, and for the first time ever, we tried to do this, and it worked. We are live in multiple destinations. Uh, this is a live edition of the NFC Mixtape for anybody who hasn't been here before. We record this as a podcast every week that comes out on Wednesday. But right now, you can watch it on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, Blog of the Boys Facebook page, or Blog of the Boys Twitch channels, as well, Brandon Lee Gotten as the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. What up to the BGN audience? Exciting development. It's well overdue. Um, shout out, speaking of BGN, to BGN Radio sponsor, uh, one of many, Wrong Crowd Beer Company from Westchester. I'm enjoying a, do you see that, RJ? A strawberry milkshake IPA. It's actually pretty good. So I have um, that going here. Uh, I'm excited. That to sounds talk horrible. To it's not horrible. I mean, when I'm I think excited. IPA, I think like a really dark beer. I don't, don't think a dark one. I say think a strawberry our sponsor milkshake. is horrible. That's a terrible <laughs> thing to say. Don't say that. I, uh, um, it's not. And uh, well, shout out to both audiences. Thank you for everyone. Uh, for Thank you to everyone for tuning in tonight. Agreed. Um, on the subject, I guess, of, um, you know, your sponsor. Uh, this is your sponsor, not our sponsor. This is a BGN exclusive right. sponsor here, to be very clear here. Uh, our great you friend, like Tim, the whiskey. Uh, actually, I was told by Mario Cap on the uh, the reviews that there's a Chester, because I asked if there was an East Chester. So there's a, a Chester and a West Chester. But uh, Tim, the whiskey influencer, says, why aren't you guys enjoying some nice whiskeys <laughs> while live streaming this game? Uh, so you do? I don't have any. That's true. Uh, Tim is the whiskey man um in a lot of senses but also in a literal sense we have a lot of comments to get to so wherever you're watching however you're watching if you offer a comment if you have a question we'll of course get to it we're here because the dallas cowboys host the philadelphia eagles on sunday night football um i don't know when we started doing these live mixtapes brandon i know it was last year i don't know if we did it for both games or just the christmas eve game uh, but this is now kind of our tradition obviously baked into the overall culture of the mixtape it's a good time, a fun time. Like to do it a little bit different. I feel like, especially for the second live episode, because mm. I mean, there's less to talk about about the matchup. It's like we've Eagles and Cowboys just played a few weeks ago. Like it's it's not like we're reinventing the whole matchup. Like we know what these teams are, who these teams are for the most part. Obviously, we'll talk about some of that stuff, um, but we really need the questions from the listeners as well to, as a jumping off point. So we appreciate those. Uh, let's kind of roll through um, kind of rapid fire style. Some of these comments, some are comments, some are questions. Um, the um, the ever fraudulent Holden uh, asked us to rank our top gas station snacks, maybe top three. Um, I'll go 
Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, um, any bag of chips, and um, Beaver Nuggets from Bucky's. Which, yeah, uh, I mean, nuggets. like a, the the bag of chips you're in the mood for, you know, because that can change. Um, and number one, Bucky's Beaver Nuggets, which is um, a Texas thing, which you get nothing. Yeah, you, know, you don't know that. You're over here lost in your Wawa crap. Well, hey, Zeke great. Elliott in the end zone, by the way. Look at that. I mean, why is anyone watching Patriots? Steelers? He's, so used, he's so used to scoring in Pennsylvania, Zeke Elliott is. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm going to say peanut butter M&Ms, the best kind of M&Ms you can possibly get. Fantastic. I'm going to say, hmm, I like a wrap from Wawa. I think that's versatile. I think it can be nice. It's not the best thing they have to offer, but I'm thinking like grab and go specifically. I'm not thinking touchscreen because that seems like more time uh, consumed here. And I'm also going to say, I mean, I love now I'm going to directly contradict myself and say the baked potato soup from Mala. It's my favorite thing. It's so good. Not a great, um, I know it's a gas station snack, but not a like great traveling snack. I don't think it's um, so good. I don't know. care. I don't, I don't even care. It's just so good to each their own. We do have some football questions to get to that. Um, well, obviously touch on, but I kind of wanted to get through the fun ones. Uh, David Smith is, yeah, here we go. I know you love the Dak <laughs> Prescott. Here we go. I know you're obsessed with it. Um, okay. Mr. Gowton says, hi, RJ and BLG. Not hey, to brag here, uh, but your dad mentioned my name first. So Yeah, what is that? Come on, dad. <laughs> no, um, Brian says, I, IPAs are gross, and so are the Eagles. David Smith comes okay. back and says, IPAs rock. Not sure about strawberry milkshake. Got to try Elizabeth, it. Elizabeth, who has gotten uh, many shout outs <laughs> on the mixtape, asked Brandon, what is on your sweatshirt and your hat? Um, so, yeah. Well, Elizabeth and Holden got me this hat for my birthday. So shout out to them. Wow. Donut Etsy hat. Um, Brandon, uh, before we get to the football questions, last one here from Derek Brown says, BLG sounds like Seth. <laughs> okay, Have you ever heard this before? <laughs> no, it's the first time. He's um six foot five and sounds exactly like Seth Rogen. Just well, so usually get a, a looks like him, sounds like him isn't necessarily the same thing. I think you sound more like him than you look like him, but you definitely look like him as well. Um, so okay. you know, you got that going for you. Um, I guess that makes me I don't know who that makes me. Um Ross. James Franco. Um, I mean, like in terms of like Seth Rogen's most iconic duo partner. Um, I really don't know. But anyway, um, Anyway, let's move on. Uh, football questions. I guess we'll just kind of rapid fire. Cowboys, Eagles, whatever you want to touch on. Uh, to go in chronological order, before God says, where the heck is Avante Maddox? Aaron Rodgers recovered from a torn Achilles, and half the time is Avante is taken to recover from a torn pec. Wow, Brandon. I mean, that's not, tr- that's not true. I mean, like, Aaron Rodgers Yeah, I also think play. this idea that this idea that Aaron Rodgers is recovered is what Aaron Rodgers wants you to think, uh, my friend. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, Nick Sirianni was actually asked about Maddox a couple weeks ago and didn't rule out that he could return, you know, maybe in the playoffs or something. So there's that. Um, Patrick, who does a great job of spreading the wealth, he comes over to the blog on the boys' side. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, Brandon. Um, he tagged you specifically here uh, for the podcast audience that can't see. We will be podcasting this conversation, by the way, on BGN Radio and the blog of the boys' podcast network as well. Uh, it says, Hertz seemed to be holding the ball a lot longer than he was last year. And we know last year was his fastest time to throw, and he did amazing. Do you think that maybe he's pressing because of the pressure of expectations of the fans from last year and the new contract? Final point from wow. Patrick here says i feel like we've had glimpses of 2022 hertz but i'm starting to be worried that this might be the type of quarterback he is that if he isn't able to pull the ball and run he's going to struggle hurts very famously perhaps infamously this past week brandon had what was it, like 3.6 you know average time to throw whatever it was um and obviously that's a big part of the conversation for this game 
is the play of Jalen Hurts and which version of him is going to show up for Florida's. Yeah, I have been harping on this really throughout the season about how, bless you, RJ, who's sneezing, uh, about how Jalen's just holding the ball too long. And that's even going back to training camp, um, probably even last year. It's just one of my things that I've been annoyed about with him. Like, you can't always just have your receiver open and then throw to him. Sometimes you have to throw your receiver open. And obviously, I think he's done a good job of that throughout. Uh, more than not at all but I think we're not seeing it enough especially now and I think there were opportunities I think it was the 49ers game was a mix of plays that I think were tough in terms of design I specifically remember a play where Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith were like on both the right side of the formation they both run like a similar-ish route in the same area both covered perfectly by the 49ers no one was over to the left side AJ Brown's not even on the field I'm like okay this is bad design right here but there were other times where Jalen Hurts has the ability to throw into a tight window and specifically to like, you remember how like Carson Wentz got the criticism? Oh, he only throws the Zach Ertz. Jalen Hurts has this thing kind of going on maybe like where he doesn't throw to the lesser players. He doesn't like really spread the ball around and that's okay. Like, cause you want to give AJ Brown a lot of targets and Devontae Smith a lot of targets, but sometimes you kind of need to mix in a target to a guy who's like wide open and your offense isn't clicking and he doesn't really seem to have that comfort level, which like, it's frustrating. It can't just be like, well, this guy isn't as good of a player, so he's just not even an option. Like, he needs to be an option because if no one's going to cover him, then what's the point? I feel like, um, I mean, I'm obviously not keeping my my tabs on the Eagles the way that you or the BGN audience is, but the, um, the Zacchaeus touchdown against Buffalo, it felt like, is that the first pass he's thrown his way? You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of felt like that. that's the first non-AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard dude that's been involved in a highlight play of that variety. Again, I'm not saying that there should be like a hundred of these, but it was just kind of interesting along the lines of that phenomenon to your point. It wasn't his, what did you say, his first target? It wasn't his first target. I know I know that it wasn't, but you know what I'm but, saying? Like, it just kind of felt like, whoa, you know, somebody else, like a non-AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, per, obviously God has been hurt, his, uh, person made a dynamic play. OZ's two touchdowns this year have been on like broken plays where he was not involved in the progression as much as he just happened to get open with Hurts extending the play and finding time. And that's the, that's the upside. I'm not saying Hurts should never extend the play. Obviously, there are times where it's worth it. But there is risk reward there, and I think Jalen Hurts is doing it a little too much. He is the longest average time to throw um, of his career. No, second longest of his career. It's a high. No, it's second well, longest. It's not that long. I mean, that's not like that is insane. It's second it's longest in the NFL this year. It's too long. It's too long. He was at it's like three point three ish right now, and he was at two point eight last year. I'm not saying he has to be. It's not like the quicker the better. It's not that simple. It's not like just because you get rid of the ball quickly, you're one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But I think if you're down below at the the rate of like where Justin Fields is, well, maybe that's a little too slow. Maybe you need to get the ball out a little faster than that. Yeah, we talked about on the first mixtape this week, the um, the play where he slipped on third down, right? Um, we were talking about with stats. Like, sometimes it just feels like, dude, you got to make a decision fast right. in this. Like, I understand waiting for something to materialize, but you you that's where, like, scheming and design comes into play. Like, you have to you have to trust, you know, what the play is and yeah. was and how you're, it's designed you're scheming windows yeah. sometimes too right like you have right. a window and it doesn't it's not gonna last forever so then once it's gone then now you're just rolling around and like hoping something happens like sometimes you have to stay in the flow of the offense 
Um, Patrick offered um, to kind of close this point, I guess. Um, I've seen on the all 22 Hertz has been missing open receivers, whether it's him scrambling or just not looking their way. Daniel chimes in and says, isn't part of it Brian Johnson calling too many long that. developing yes. routes against you? Yeah, I acknowledge that. I think that is part of the issue. It's not the only part of the issue. I think there are opportunities for him still to make plays like that. But yes, there are some, I think, plays there where the the spacing doesn't look great. The options aren't great. So I know this is hard for people to reconcile, but more than one thing can be true. It's not just one person. I think that just has, happens, right? Because people want it to be as simple as we just flip this one switch and then everything's fixed. But it's not the case. And shout out to is um, that Bear or is that Honey? This is Honey. Okay. This is Honey. Yeah. Honey's, um, she's nibbling at the, For the desk audio audience. Me, RJ still... is holding yeah. uh, his dog up to the camera. She's done a little bit of a puppy phase where she wants to chew and eat everything. Um, and I value this desk. So we cannot be doing that, honey. Um, good job, though. I guess um, thinking it's a threat and trying to neutralize it. Um, on the Oh, ooh, Elizabeth says Simba her. I like that. Okay. I'm, we're going to be careful here. We don't want to, you know, get honey involved in anything. But this is honey, everyone. Wow. This is honey the puppy. She loves it. Oh, my God. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> That was. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I think something happened oh um, outside the house uh, that was at a... that exact moment in time. That was incredible! Oh my gosh! Shout out to Zach Miller in the chat here. Zach M, a loyal um, mixologist. Remember when I recorded at a? Okay, RJ's leaving the show, so just let me run the show after his dog just had a crazy episode after he held her up to the camera all right oh i was saying remember when i was recording uh the mixtape this year from a different location and like someone like snuck in the background yeah and it felt like you didn't know that's zach in yeah. the chat yeah and I, I i was kidding with you oh that's you Holden, said you, you said like, zach in the chat oh i thought you said zach miller i thought zach you were acknowledging the, the former uh bears tight end didn't he play for the eagles too zach miller and the raiders um i could be wrong Anyway, Patrick, by the way, says we need more live pods. If anybody wants more live pods, you know what to do. Tweet at Michael Kist and say, <laughs> say not, we want live him. pods. We want an in-person podcast. Uh, what is Kist's Twitter handle? Michael yes. Kist NFL? Or... At no, Michael I'm Kist sorry. NFL. He changed it. It's the Michael Kist now. Yeah, yeah. Still. Oh, yeah. He's not. Because he's, you know, an F1 yeah, guy too now. So he's Well, if you, if you Kist. follow Kist on TikTok, you know he's a big book reader. Um, not that that wasn't true before, but he's got some he's, – he's a part of book talk, to say the least. Um, anyway, uh, Daniel Get says – some more comments here. <laughs> uh, love the mixtape. Worth being up at 1.30 a.m. my time to oh catch a live. So thank you very much, uh, Daniel. Um, back Daniel, to the, where are you? Yeah, you can answer us in the chat. Back to the Jalen Hurts point. Um, we'll obviously talk about Dak Prescott, but we're here on Hertz right now. What's the pressure level on Hertz for this game? Obviously, not as much as literally at stake for the Eagles, what with how they can lose this game and still control their own destiny. But I kind of feel like, you know, Hertz is in a bit of a big spot here. Like, kind of needs to show up and show out and like stop the skid and play really well. Um, to because if the Eagles win, it's not you know literally over, but it's it's over from a de facto standpoint, right? Like go effectively clinch the division by yourself the final four weeks of the season to figure things out right. Go be a hero one night and then all, all is forgiven as you prep for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean you steal the shine that Dak Prescott's getting right now, too, right? Everyone's like, Oh, Dak's MVP, Dak's MVP. If you go out and you outplay him on national television, I think all that shine kind of goes on you. I know you just lost to the 49ers and Brock Purdy, but you know, there's kind of a anti Brock Purdy sentiment out there when it comes right. to the MVP voting. 
And I think it's kind of in part because there's a split between, you know, him and Christian McCaffrey. I think some of that voting is getting split on one team. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a huge spot for Jalen Hurts as the leader of this team. You pay him $51 million a year for a reason. And it's not just to run the ball, like the sign that was outside the Novacare complex this week. I mean, it would be helpful if he could actually run it more himself and do it effectively, because it certainly has not been the case this season. And that is very much an issue with the offense and a concern moving forward. I mean, I think he'll be healthier in further seasons, but the problem is if he's not, then you can't just be like, well, the running game doesn't exist anymore in terms of being effective. So um, yeah, it's a huge spot for Hertz. It's a huge spot for this team. And like I said, in terms of, how you respond to that 49ers loss to me is more telling than the actual loss itself. Um, so it's a big opportunity at the same time. I feel like it's possible that the Eagles are just kind of in a little bit of a rut right now because I mean, look at the 49ers who look invincible right now, but had a three game losing streak and look bad for a little bit there. I think it's possible that the Eagles are in a little bit of a tough stretch with not just really tough competition, but also back-to-back-to-back matchups where they have a rest disadvantage. I think it's possible that this team just kind of doesn't quite have it right now, especially in relation to their competition. And I don't think that means the season's doomed. I just think it means that they're in a rough stretch and they can potentially rebound. I I think people are going to... This is what I think is going to happen. I think people are going to overreact to the Eagles like losing a couple games here and then it's going to be, well, they're stuck. They suck. They're done. Season's over. And they're, they're going to win a couple of games at the end of the season. And that's going to draw people back in. They're going to be like, well, well, maybe they're not done. And then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But I just think it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, I, I mean, I would argue that for a team that has lost two total games in the regular season, that's not really much of a roller coaster. Um, you know, it's. Well, it feels like it here. I mean, it feels I, like the. You, again, I've, I've said this like. When you think about 14 and three before a season starts, that sounds amazing. But when you live each week after those losses, each of those, oh, it feels yeah. like the sky is falling. No, I mean, and I've been there. Like Cowboys fans have been there, like following uh, 49ers putting 42 points on you, embarrassment that the whole world saw that, you know, kind of called into question like who you are. I mean, you remember the way I spoke about the Cowboys. I was like, it's over. Like if, if you can't beat these guys, like what are you doing all this for? Like this right. is literally your ceiling. And maybe that's the like, looking in the mirror stuff that's happening with Eagles fans this week. Um, Jason is one of the more uh, pessimistic ones in the chat says uh, we're definitely losing this week and probably next week. You said, by the way, back to back to back games uh, against teams or with rest disadvantages. Are you talking about Seattle or Buffalo? Well, they played the bills on coming off Monday night. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. That's right. Coming off the Chiefs Monday night game. Um, Okay. That's um, well said. Okay. So, that kind of takes me to the Cowboys side. Like the the general way I've kind of approached this from a mental standpoint this week. Uh, and I've said this in all the places I've done podcasting and, you know, conversations this week. Last year going into Christmas Eve, um, and some of the steam was taken out of that game, obviously, with the Hurts injury. That was the second game they played without Hurts, right? At the time last year? Because it, it was the Saints, I think, that they played first. No, I think you have the order wrong. I think it was Cowboys and then Saints. Really? I the think... Saints was on New Year's Day, I you're, think. You're right. You're, you're right. Eve. It was during the week. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm now right. You're right. You're yeah. just realizing this. Well, if you're always right. episodes I, in? If you're always right, I can't wait to get to um, what you told Steven Serta and I in our Slack chat uh, in a little bit. Uh, but anyway, um, going into that game, I picked the Cowboys because it was like, this is what the Cowboys always do. They always, you know, always is a general statement, but they always beat the Eagles at home, right? They're going to split this series, whatever. And it felt like that's kind of how they won, right? Like, well, they just 
always do this. I'm, to be clear, picking the Cowboys here, but it's a different kind of um, feeling or emotion or analysis. I, I think that right now, this moment in time, they're the better team. I trust them more. They are playing at a better level. And then you add in all the ancillary things, like they've got a 14-game winning streak at home. They haven't lost to the Eagles at home in forever. Uh, they haven't been swept by the Eagles in forever, blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's a, it's a different kind. And, and I think that sometimes teams are in positions with games where, where it's like a prove-it game, right? Like, go prove it. Prove you're a contender. To me, this is a justify game, right? Like, go justify your contending status. Because I think a lot of people are – have fully acknowledged, okay, you're a contender. You're going to be in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, go justify that you deserve all that hype. Justify the MVP love that Dak Prescott's finally getting now, the you know defensive player of the year love that Micah Parsons is finally getting, the a little bit of turning of the tide in Mike McCarthy love that he's getting. Um, so go justify. And more than justify, go go make the Eagles squirm, right? Like they might have control towards the, the division, but like to your point, it would be an incredibly stressful, you know, December run for the Eagles if they had to be perfect. And obviously, if you force them to be perfect, you wear them out. And, you know, maybe they lose in the first round of the playoffs if it's against another. Right. Like all, good things happen to you if you win this game. So don't go drop it. Like go go put a cell, put all of us in that reality is kind of where I'm coming down. Yeah, I guess you could argue that it matters more to the Cowboys or there's more value to this game to the Cowboys um, because if they lose this, it's like. I think I said it on the mixtape earlier this week. Like it's kind of like the unserious bowl, but I think from a Cowboys standpoint, it's just like you have every advantage in this one. You have the rest. You are coming off of a game where, or you're coming off a stretch where, like you've been playing, you know, good football. Whereas opposed to the Eagles have been a little bit shakier and just lost and got crushed. I mean, if the Eagles come out and crush the Cowboys, which I don't think is likely, but if they do, it's like, how are you feeling about that? You got crushed by the, you got swept by the Eagles. You get beat down badly by the 49ers. Like, what's the ceiling for that Cowboys team at that point? Well, and to your point, I think it's debatable. We don't have to, like, have this debate, but it's debatable that Dallas played better in more categories in the first game against Eagles, right? Like, And that's that's been, like, the calling card. Like, oh, man, they were the better team. They just, you know, had more critical mistakes that, like, mounted and ultimately were the reason they lost. If you go and you get blown out, like, that argument, you know, all of a sudden, like, falls on deaf ears. Like, nobody, nobody cares to hear that. It's like, oh, well, when you had the chance – to your point when you were coming off the rest advantage when you had all the positive vibes and not yeah. even just a rest advantage and i don't mean to like say this and give you like oh man the like schedule makers love the cowboys but this is their third home game in a row like it's not just that they have a rest they have not been in a hotel in almost a month i mean you know what i mean like you've got a lot of home cooking going on i know that this week had the weird uh, Mike McCarthy appendicitis thing and you know all the you know good thoughts and prayers to, to mike and his recovery but you know what i'm saying like you you have all of the like quote unquote momentum powering you, you should win this game and, and honestly should win it comfortably. Although that's a huge kind of thing to say because the Eagles are such a good team. Well, what do you mean by win it comfortably? What do you think they should win it by? Well, I mean, they're favored by three and a half and mm -hmm. they haven't played. And I mean, you know, last week was a close game, obviously, in their building, uh, but they won it comfortably at the end. I know it was stressful, but you know, they didn't win on the last second field goal. I mean, I expect them to be in the lead that that's the i'm not saying like that's not my prediction but like that's the type of you know team they've like kind the of whole showed. game you're saying yeah like i like i'm i believe them to be a team that's capable of you know getting out to a call it what you want like 10 point lead 14 point lead whatever and just kind of keeping pace at that point because that's what philly is so good at is they will not fall behind they will not put themselves out of the game obviously last week is the extreme you know outlier over the last few years in that sense and so 
do not let up. Like this is the kind of game, and a lot of our guys have said this, but like I would, I would want the ball to start the game, and I would want to go score, mm. and I would want to bury them early, and I would not, you know, because the Eagles are not going to let you again. Last year was over your game, not going to let you get out to like a twenty-one nothing lead. Like you're going to surrender touchdowns, you're going to surrender points to them, but like you've got to put some distance between yourself and them, and then you've just got to keep that distance. You cannot let them get within an inch because at that point it's over. Can't let them hang around, right. clearly. That's been an issue for many a team. Uh, 49ers did not let them hang around wisely, and it paid off for them. So um, I don't disagree. It's weird. It's a weird It's a weird week because, in theory, this is a really big game. But at the same time, like it might not matter for the Eagles in terms of still being able to get the one seed and win the division. Um, it might not matter from a standpoint of... Um, the 49ers are still far out in front of both of these teams. It kind of feels like uh, a battle for second place in that regard. Um, there's there's less juice from a Cowboys standpoint because you're coming off like a Thursday game. It's like a long layoff, kind of just you lose some of that steam after you lost your last win. And from the Eagles perspective, it's like there's not a lot of juice about this team right now. If there's such a bad loss. So like it, my point is like there should be more juice for this game than there is. It's, like, yeah, it's not two teams coming in on like um, like six seven game winning streaks and like one one unstoppable force one in, one immovable object like it's a little bit of cooling that's happening i agree yeah uh, by the also, way i think we're at a point in the season where like maybe I, let me know if you feel this way too i think the nfl media coverage has hit like a brick wall you know you talk about the rookie wall i feel like i've seen other outlets too even feel like there's everyone's tired everyone it's december 7th christmas is like a couple weeks away we're inside of that but it was also week 14. Like everyone is like kind of feeling it a little bit. I mean, to your point, and some of this is the game itself, but like the game that's happening in parallel with this live show is like, everybody's like, I don't want to watch this. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's like, you know, oh, like this is horrible. Like I, you know, whatever. Um, So a couple of comments, Daniel answered your question. It says chilling in Belfast, originally England. The birds are bigger wow. than my hometown soccer team. Is that your second IPA? Brandon, chill out a little. No, it's a... This is a different one. It okay. Is the, okay. the, the point stands. Um, okay. I do want to get to this question. Um, I want to come back to something the Lunar Cowboys said, but fine oak things kind of along your points is, do you guys think the regular season is boring for these teams? Meaning we all know they're making Trend the playoffs it. and postseason is all that matters. Um, I think you and I are kind of responsible for the greatness that these two teams have had in terms of regular season success, because we started the NFC's mixtape in 2021. The Cowboys won 12 games uh, and the Eagles won nine, 10 games that year. And we're a playoff team and obviously a seven seed, but still they, the Cowboys and Eagles have both been playoff teams every year. The NFC East mixtape has existed and they're both obviously on track. They will have uh, different playoff clinching scenarios this week, but I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. And so to that point, it's like, okay, this might determine where that game happens if they meet in the playoffs. But, like, they're both going to be there at the end of the day, which takes away a little bit of the, like, do or die-ness of this specific game on Sunday night. Well, in the like going into the season, it was like, who are the best teams in the NFC? The 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. It's been that conversation the whole time. It was like, well, can Detroit sneak in there maybe? But no, they well, can't. Speaking they're... of cooling off, yeah, they've, yeah. They're, I don't think they're, they're not like terrible. They're going to be, obviously, I think they're going to, well, but I think they're, they're going to win their division. There's but. there's a clear gap right now between yes. San Francisco and Dallas Philly. And then there's another little gap between them and Detroit. Is there anyone else in that Detroit tier? I guess not. They're kind of I mean, if, little thing. If Geno Smith plays like last week, Seattle has a chance, but they're probably the closest. Oh, if if, if Green, yeah. if Green Bay got hot, tier. maybe Green Bay's in that tier. Um, that's, they're kind of the lurker right now, I think, of, of all options. 
Um, we have some good questions that we need to get to here. Um, from well, uh, I wanted to get to this point quickly from the Lunar yeah. Cowboys. It says Cowboys are winning, just to be clear, and it won't be that close. <laughs> but the season is not over for either team, no matter the outcome. Which again agree. is the point. Uh, well, yeah. I know you agree. Uh, we'll get there. Okay, uh, Mr. Gotten, um, to be clear, Doug, not Brandon, says yeah, it, it will be a tough game. Spell Eagles, please. Uh, it will be a tough game for the Eskels to win. I believe they. There must be something wrong with his A key because uh, he said I believe they can do it with an S. Oh yeah. Um, they need. Yeah, but then he does and fine. I don't and see. Then he also, yeah. Why does he have a Y in much? Maybe he's that, typing with on. one hand. Like that. I think that maybe he's busy with something and he just wanted to be a part of the conversation. Because there's a few typos here, Mr. Gatton. All due respect. Uh, apologies. Yeah, come on. Uh, You're making me look bad. Um. Anyway, uh, Daniel offers from Belfast. I think Jalen is going to be on a mission <laughs> this week. Um. Daniel then says. Did you see the AJ Brown quote in, from his locker room? I did not. Um. And the then. Locker, his locker go, stall. What is the AJ Brown quote? It was kind of a good, it was interesting. It was like Howard Eskin was asking him, um, you know, something to the effect that uh, after the 49ers game, AJ was asked about, like, did the Eagles have, like, good enough energy or whatever? And he kind of had, like, a interesting answer. Or not, like, super interesting, but he just was, like, he didn't answer it very directly. He didn't just give you a cliche. He kind of had, like, a weird attitude about it. And then he was asked this week about, like, you know, are you going to have an issue getting up for the Cowboys game? And he was like, you'll see. You'll see. So you better back that up. If you're going to be like a we'll see guy, then I think it's I funny it. that you have no problem going after Darius Slay for the way he kind of hypes himself up, but you don't hold other players to that standard when they talk. I mean, AJ Brown delivers. What are you talking about? No, but I mean, if AJ Brown delivers on that point, then that's fair. But uh, who was it last week? Was it Hassan Reddick? I'm asking. That was like there was a lot of boo-hoos or whatever. Who said that last week ahead of the Niners game? Yeah, I mean, he was asked. I don't think that was. Like, I don't think he was talking trash. I think I'm just was, saying. I mean, if you're going to come at Darius Slay, you know, with some energy, you know, hold the other equals to the same either. level he had of a accountability. Sack of, like, the second snap of the game. I'm just saying. You know, there were there were boohoo's, but on on the wrong side for Philly fans so, on Sunday. Uh, Brian, by the way, asks, "What do you guys think about Bosa's comments?" Stats brought this up to you and I uh, like an hour ago. Uh, I think we'd all seen them by then. Uh, I'm generalizing here, but Nick Bosa said that the league had figured out. I don't think he used the phrase figured out Jalen Hurts, but he, um, and to be clear, Bosa has an incentive to stoke the flames here. It works out for the Niners. Obviously, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week, they're rooting for Dallas the way San Francisco, or the Cowboys were San Francisco. Um, what was his exact quote, and what are your thoughts on it, Brandon? Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of, like, the 49ers put out the blueprint. I think that's, a, like, a very overrated talking point anytime a good team loses is, like, the blueprint. And surprisingly, they're still a good team a lot of the time. Also, uh, um, and also is, the, is what's the, the blueprint? Yeah, is the blueprint just like kick their ass? Like, <laughs> like, and you have, know? like uh, have like 10 all pro players and like one of the better play callers. And like, what's the blueprint? Like be a really elite team. Be the, be the best team in the NFL. Is that the blueprint? Okay, great. Great blueprint. Yeah. Just um, replicate that. It's that simple. So I think that's a little um, much to me. I always hate it every year when it's like it becomes this big story that one player after uh, a team beats another team on the winning side is like, well, we just knew what they were calling. <laughs> that probably happens in so many games. Like, it's not like a secret. It's not like every play call is like a mystifying. Oh my gosh, we've never seen that before. A lot of it's about execution about like blocking well and tackling well. And Eagles didn't do a lot of that. So that's part of it. Um, yeah. I think it's, Oh, also one of the very few positives from that game was Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson owned his matchup with Nick Bosa. I saw him pancake Nick Bosa at one point. Nick Bosa in that game had one quarterback hit and zero sacks. And for him, 
like reigning defensive player of the year, that's really it's not a good a game for him. So I don't want to hear him talking as if he had some great game. Uh, football's a team sport, Brandon. By the way, um, the uh, the overall point about like oh mystifying play calls always like that kind of idea will always remind me of the Cam Newton Clay Matthews play where Clay's like it's that wheel route. It's that, and Cam's like oh that's cool. You like you know what's coming. Like right. who cares? Like we're totally fine. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. VAN29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick, uh, with a question, um, this is a good one. How much of an impact does McCarthy having surgery have on this? Yeah, game? I want to get your take on this. Um, so I don't. I think this happened after we recorded on Tuesday. I've actually had appendicitis myself. I don't know if you knew that. Whoa. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, when I was thirteen, um, and I think my parents are watching right now too. They just don't comment a lot. So, mom and dad, sorry. Well, but, my uh, parents are better. I was wow. not. I was not feeling well, and I actually I tweeted about this, and I got a lot of people who had um, similar experiences. I was not feeling well as a thirteen year old, and they were like quit complaining they, they, they were like you're exaggerating um and they took me to wow. the doctor and they were like this dude's appendix ruptured like you gotta get him to the hospital so mine ruptured uh, most people have like the tiny little scar i'm sure you're aware like where they remove it i have a scar like kind of going down my chest or like the bottom wow. of like, my stomach uh because they had to like clean me out but anyway that's you know i'm fine but um crazy but so my experience was a lot more arduous than what mike mccarthy seemingly has gone through um, I mean, but surgery. Well, what was the recovery like? Like, how was it for after me? You had it. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't. I was like out of school for like a month. Like it was, you know, intense. So how much McCarthy going to coach the game? Well, again, I had it was an intense process that I went through. Like, mm. like a standard appendectomy is pretty simple. You know what I mean? It's just mm. they, they remove it. But like most people's don't rupture. Mine did. Oh, um okay. so um so yeah i mean i wouldn't say it's like an outpatient surgery it's not like i'm not a doctor but it's not like getting your tonsils removed um that being said he was at home today um and i don't know if you saw this um Dak had a Dak had a really cool quote he said that um he gave kudos to the cowboys coordinators who ran practice and said that there was kind of this like heightened level to fo of focus to have a great practice to sort of um you know take that off mccarthy's mind right like make him feel like okay like not not to be stressed out about not miss that being there whatever for what it's worth 
I don't know if you remember this, Dak Prescott called all of the offensive plays as the play caller uh, in the final preseason game of the year for Will Greer. So um, he has a, a thorough enough understanding on offense to, I wouldn't say call the entire game, but, you know, to survive in any kind of particular scenario. Okay. By the um, way, uh, Elizabeth asked me to show my scar. I'm not going to do that. So just. Yeah, I, I said in the chat there, that's a different subscription. Uh, yeah. We really uh, should do a mixtape Patreon, but that's a whole different. If people want to do that, hit um, hit up Michael Kiss. I think it would be a good way to do more live shows. That's because, a, you know. That's a great point. By the way, David says, uh, you guys have turned it into the NFC beast. We came up with that. Yeah. But I mean, I think he means we're getting away from the division and talking about the conference. But I mean, that's. It's that's what it's all about. It's between the Eagles, 49ers, and Cowboys. So what are you most afraid of? Let's go down that alley. In general? But, or uh, <laughs> uh yeah, uh this is uh Cruz in Coach Carter. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, it is that we are mm. more powerful beyond measure. Um I know you've seen Coach Carter. Don't act like you haven't seen it. Of course, no, great movie. Um, what is your biggest fear? With those <laughs> set spiders. Yeah, I don't awesome. like spiders. I gotta be honest. I really don't. Again, like you offer these takes, like they like name the person who's like, oh hell yeah, I love spiders. Like Some that, people do like spiders. I, mean, I don't get it. I, but that's I, the I significant minority. Like you're you're acting like you have this unique take of like guys. I'm not acting I like, like that. I'm just saying okay. I agree. Um. Anyway, what is your deepest fear with this game? Like if 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 this comes to pass, you're like crap. It's gonna be a long day. I honestly didn't really feel that bad after the 49ers loss. Obviously, it sucked. I didn't, like, prefer the outcome, but I didn't feel, like, devastated. I'm like, yeah, they're in a tough stretch. It happened. Um, I'm curious to see how they respond. It would be disheartening in that regard, then, if they just come out and lay another egg. At the same time, that would also make me believe that, um, in my cope standpoint, it would be like, well, they're just, like, tired. They're totally just beaten down. They're in a rough stretch right now. They can bounce back. They not necessarily will bounce back. But I guess my worst fear is that, um has to relate to Hertz. You know, I I need to see more out of Hertz. If he has another game where it's just like not good enough out of your fifty-one million dollar player, then that would be disheartening. Um, so Brian answered Dak. I know you have the chat open, but you have famously said that you're not afraid of Dak Prescott. But Brian said he is afraid of Dak and he is scared to say it. <laughs> so this is like fearception, like you're afraid of the of the fear, I guess, that is, is lurking within. Do I look afraid? Well, I think that that's a, a good question like for me to ask because I think we both agree this is the best that Dak Prescott has ever played, right? Like however you want to define that right now. Like this is the, the most potent version of him in the NFL, and that's because there have been incredibly potent versions of him before. So like if you have never been afraid of him before and you're not afraid of him now, I don't think you're defining fear in a fair way because there's more than enough reason to be afraid of him right now for any team, not just the Eagles. Well, I also said that last year. To be fair, right? I mean, I didn't say that. I'm very certain you said that at the beginning of this season. So, I mean, I mean, clip it, find it. In why don't you? Case, I don't know if you know this. You, you moved in slow motion when you said it. It was kind of like a cool effect, like clip it. You know, like it was a really. Uh, it, <laughs> um, but are you afraid uh, of Dak? I don't have a problem saying I'm like I'm afraid of the the potential of Hurts. I'm not afraid of him. I think the matchup. I think is you're afraid to say it. I think good. Brian's got it. I'm not afraid of him. It's not scary. Uh, the Lunar Cowboy says, if you don't, if you aren't afraid of da how Dak is playing right now, you're definitely. Oh, of how he's beating like the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, it's so scary. Mm, okay. Um, as opposed to the incredible performance. How many wins does he have above 500 teams this year? As opposed let's to the incredible. As opposed to the incredible win that Jalen Hurts had over the Buffalo Bills, who are terrible. Let's, let's count all zero of those. Um, I'm most afraid, not of Jalen Hurts, um, but of A.J. Brown. 
Uh, he's the uh, and of course this would be the case that he would turn out to be this like phenom after the way I doubted the trade to begin with. But mm -hmm. I mean, like, I am terrified of AJ Brown, and like, it's a difficult the level of wrongness you were on that take. <laughs> has to outdo the level of wrongness on any other take that I've had. The level of wrongness wasn't pre wasn't predictable, though. You know what I mean? Like, it was impossible. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it, it was. He was a fantastic player for the Titans. It was impossible and to it, predict that he would be this, like, trend-setting, you know, like... How? I mean, it was... He not, was, it was great with the Titans. It was not impossible was to predict... He was run-heavy offense. He was, was incredibly run-heavy. It was not impossible to predict that he would be very good. But it was impossible to predict that he would be, like, to use your word, mystifying, which is what he has been for the most part. Although he had cooled off a little bit. Um, as of like, and he held back our same game parlay last week with Steven. He didn't even get in the end zone. So we're a little bit down on AJ Brown around that show. It's not crazy to think he could have been an elite receiver when they traded for him. He was like top five in the yards per route run each of his seasons in Tennessee. Like he, There was like metrics that supported he's an elite player in terms of efficiency who just hasn't had volume opportunities. Andrew but whatever. says, afraid of Jalen deciding to use his legs against us when he hasn't been healthy. Um, so... I think Andrew's coming from a Cowboys point of view. What is the likelihood of that happening from your point of view? I mean, because you, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, we do another show together on Fridays on the SB Nation NFL show feed. And um, part of that show is we put together a same game parlay around a game mm -hmm. that's happening in the NFL that week. And last week we did Cowboys, or not Cowboys, we did Eagles Niners and you took the under on Jalen Hurts' rushing guards. And yes. you talked about how he hadn't hit whatever it was, I forget now. Um, that mark, I think all season or maybe once all season, you've been talking a, a lot about how he hasn't been as much of a runner. So for somebody in Andrew's case, who is afraid of Jalen being a runner, do you think that that's a rational fear or is that potentially irrational because it hasn't been the case? It's hard for me to say it's going to happen just because we haven't seen it a ton recently. There's a little bit more of that against the chiefs. He had that one crucial run against the Cowboys in that game right after he actually got another shot to the knee. Uh, right after halftime there. I think it's possible that in a very high stakes game, he busted out a little bit more. We see a little bit more of it just because of the the magnitude of this game. But until I do see it, it's kind of like I'm I'm not going to just believe it. So then along those lines, because I think this is this matters towards contextualizing those kinds of points. What like this is the biggest Eagles game since when? Because to the point, to like the overall point, they can lose and control their destiny. So like, that's what I mean. That, that inherently, you know, eliminates some magnitude. You know what I'm saying? Um, so like, yeah. So maybe not. I mean, in the it is and it isn't. That's the thing. At the right. same time, more than one thing can be true. Schrodinger, it is really Schrodinger's big, big the, game. Schrodinger's magnitude, in the sense that you can you can just NFC East is over, done and dusted. This with a win over here. At the same time, again, you might not even need that. So, um, kind of both sides there. So. You don't have an answer as far as what was the like this is the biggest game since I don't know. I don't really I mean I was gonna say the first Eagles Cowboys game, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But not even. I think that's a big that was a bigger game though. So but, but because of that win, that has bought them the like the breathing right. room that they have in this game. May I mean maybe you could argue last week against San Francisco because And then before that one, they didn't really have any like huge game that they well, because they've, they've the had team this year. They've been ten and one, you know, like eight and one, whatever you know what I mean? Like they, exactly. it, it's hard and to have big played, games when you're when you have leads on people like that. They haven't played teams that were like super relevant either mm. in the playoff picture. So I like this from Steve. It says it's a big win and a little loss. That's a good way to put it. But it's not little. It's true. I mean, it's it's the the point is is valid, but it's it's not. What's the game? Little to lose. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you want to talk about now, Brandon? I went with the deepest fear thing. 
I don't know. Let's get to the comments. Well, I mean, you have to do some work here too, besides the commenters. No, like, what's a topic just, you I, want to talk? I love the listeners. I'm like you, and I actually want them to have a voice. Okay. I'm like you. What, so, uh, Brandon says, "I know it's rivalry week, but I want to say thank you for all the work everyone puts into this. With living one hour south of Lambeau, wow. I needed this." Interesting. Not a Packers fan. Uh, Brian says, "I'm most scared of Big Dom." Wow. Do you think there will be Big Dom punishment handed out? I love that before the week is over. Like stats was like he tweeted out like oh see but big dom was like he, he did the mocking spongebob voice so like it um, didn't matter stats they sent out a memo that's the like oh no not a memo oh my gosh a memo uh stats oh, my worst me, fear stats sent me a screenshot who cares uh, of before any of the contact and i am curious why big dom is like right there <laughs> You know that well because he's Nick Sirianni's bodyguard. Basically, is what he serves the. Is Nick afraid of action during the game? Nick needs the needs a bodyguard during the game. Yes, I mean, everyone wants to get on Philly for having you know rowdy fans. Yes, the answer to that is yes. Um, Andy Reid always had it too. It's not just any specific and Chip. It's Dom's had this role like forever. Okay, Um, I wanted to get to a certain comment here. Um, The Lunar Cowboy says, "Do you understand how like a big of a target?" That coaches are <laughs> like for criticism yes they do need to have a bodyguard in philadelphia uh, another thing is from the lunar cowboy i really do feel like the cowboys win relatively big but i don't think the eagles lose three in a row so i still feel like we get the five seed um i don't know what the like what new york times is you know odds would be on the cowboys winning the division if dallas does win on sunday night can look, um, i can look that up for you but it would involve the cowboys i mean the cowboys you know barring philly losing you know to the giants um, in all likelihood, have to finish with a better record than Philly. So they would, they would yeah, have. They're not gonna. They're unlike, which is the weird thing that you kind of mentioned on the preview show too, or on the other the other show earlier this week. Like the Cowboys will technically be in first place, but not actually due to the well, they, tiebreaker. They not, will not, be, due, but it just they, they, not, not to the, the tiebreaker that matters at the end of the year. Right, they'll be in first place at the moment, but Philly will have the opportunity to regain it, and Dallas can't impact that. Is the point? But again, and they'll it, have the tiebreaker potentially. Yes, but if Philly were to lose this one of their Giants games, that changes the equation, obviously. But that is obviously incredibly unlikely. Uh, if Philly were to lose to Arizona, I mean, that's a common loss, obviously, that they stand to gain or common game they stand to gain over Dallas because the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals earlier this season. Um, so yeah, I think that that's well said. Yeah, but that wouldn't be that wouldn't even come into play so be no no no. but i'm I'm saying like all tiebreakers that are relative and that's why seattle is important plus seattle after this game is probably the biggest chance that the eagles do have to lose just again they're not losing to the giants or the cardinals um ed says i'm most afraid of cowboys penalties do you know where the cowboys rank brandon in penalties so far this season no penalties called against them where would you guess well, the refs hate them. The refs are out to get the Cowboys. So they're probably number one. Uh, they're not number one. I don't know. They are number two. <laughs> the, the Seahawks have had 91 penalties called against them this season. The Cowboys have had 90. Do you know how many penalties the Cowboys have called towards their benefit? No. 78. Now, do you know which team has benefited the most? The Eagles. That is incorrect. Uh, I don't the, know. The Denver Broncos have benefited the most with 89 Yeah, calls. I want to see penalties per snap. I mean, that's more of a kind of irrelevant number. I mean, but I, I mean, then you can look this up. But uh, the Eagles, in terms of overall total beneficiary count, are tied for the third most. 
So I also want to see adjusted for garbage time too. Again, you can look that up if you want, but Ed's comment was, I'm afraid of Cowboys penalties. The Cowboys have been a heavily penalized team this year. The Eagles have not. You can take that to mean whatever you want, whether you think the refs love the Eagles, hate the Cowboys. Like I don't put stock into that kind of stuff myself, but that is a real thing. I mean, the Cowboys were penalized nine times last week and they barely won. And that was a big reason why. And you can obviously argue about the, legitimacy of some of the subjectiveness of some of those penalties but some of them are fair like some are undeniable and so um you know lane johnson's gonna get away with false starts every single play we all know that um but uh yeah um you know ed by the way says the eagles just play clean football so they don't that's right baby. no no not even deserving of penalties um so yeah um give us a give us a question brandon you've got to give us one as a group what is a, a Cowboys win mean to you over the Eagles here? Is that really your question? Yeah. I mean, because I because you're going to be celebrating it, but like because um, the Eagles beat the Cow- or Cowboys beat the Eagles, but like what is your true actual deep down level of like we can win the NFC East now or this is nice but it doesn't really mean that much. I mean the odds improve to win the NFC East and it is yes, possible. But do you are you going to believe it? Are well, you going to fully believe it? Some of that I don't mean to like, you know, ride the fence. Some of that is contingent upon like how the Eagles look. Right? Like if right, the, if, the, if the Cowboys blow yeah. them out 42 to 10 or whatever, then it's like, yeah, like I could totally see the Eagles slipping up and up. You know what I mean if they're they're, they're withering, you know what I mean? That would be the take. But if it's like clearly two stout performances, two even teams, whatever, and Dallas just happens to win, I think the general takeaway is awesome. This is great. Now the Eagles are certainly going to be uncomfortable for the next few weeks. They're not going to be able to coast and chill. Um, and that's going to be, you know, a more difficult path. Obviously, you want the most difficult path for your rivals if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, and it, it does keep them alive, not just for the division, but for the one seed. Um, and I don't know if you know that the Seahawks play the Niners this week and then the Eagles next week. So we're big Seahawks fans around here for a little while. So it gives you, I mean, it gives you something to keep hoping for. Like, I mean, it gives you something to keep hoping for. And again, if they win with authority, I will be very impressed by the justification that will have happened. It will, in all likelihood, probably propel Dak even further towards MVP with, you know, a month ago. But, I mean, how can you not be excited about all of those things? I don't disagree for your sake. It's just it's a weird dynamic because of, again, the Eagles' likelihood to get the one seed and then the 49ers' inevitability that specifically looms incredibly large over the Cowboys' In particular, um, I think we should both answer this question. Um, if you want, I'll go first. So, because I know you're afraid of the Cowboys and afraid of Dak, and you just don't like to say that and reckon with that truth. Um, what will be the hardest thing for you to admit if the Cowboys win, and vice oh, versa? You're going to ask Elizabeth's question about would you rather fight a hundred duck sized Dax or a hundred Dax sized duck? Elizabeth, I'm a big fan of you, and I've heard a lot of great things, but it's a pretty cliche question at this point in time. Like a lot of people ask wow. that question. I mean, wow, you know, RJ. Both. Very disrespectful. I would think I'd rather fight the ducks. I, I mean, fight ducks. I like ducks. All I'm saying is, like, this question's asked a lot with ducks, with horses, um, with turtles. Like, I've heard it. What's your uh, question again? My question is, what will be the hardest thing for you to admit? If, if in your case, if the Cowboys win, in my case, if the Eagles win, and it could be something you have to admit um, about the Eagles on your end or the Cowboys or vice versa. I don't. I don't think I'm ready to say like the season is over, even if the Eagles get blown out in this game, just because again. You can get the one seed. Like the season's not. If you can have the one seed, I don't care how bad you are. The season is not over. That's an incredible advantage to have. And there's time to figure yourself your your issues out. So I can't say 
the, the ceiling's totally okay well so out. you've you've answered something that you won't that won't be hard to admit so what is something that will be hard for you to admit if the eagles lose this game Ooh, i like andrew's answer andrew says that the tush push needs to be banned that's funny i mean uh, jason kelsey said that he doesn't even care anymore if they ban it because and i don't i mean i don't because really he's retiring he did, it's not his problem he's good no that's not why he said it. It's because that even if you take away that element, the Eagles are still going to be really good at it. I'm pretty confident. I think the hardest thing for me to admit will be twofold um, if the Cowboys lose. And obviously this is exacerbated if they're blown out themselves, but it will be that we can all acknowledge that the Niners, excuse me, that the Eagles and Cowboys are a cut below the Niners right now. Right? It's impossible to like argue against that right now. It's, yeah, so, it's inarguable. So it would be really, really hard to like, you know, believe, let alone argue or debate that the Cowboys are on a level playing field as even the Eagles. So it's like, you're clearly the third best team in the NFC. Like you're clearly not better than them. They swept you. You know what I mean? You, you, your home streak was ended your streak, you know, against winning against them or, or your streak winning against them at home was busted. You've been swept by them for the first time in 12 years. Like, mm, you know, right. you fell apart and it will feed the narrative of like, you cannot handle the big time teams. You barely beat the team that was barely above 500 last week. Like that narrative will come back. I won't like that to me is a dumb narrative, but it will be annoying. Um, and what will also be very difficult to admit is that the Eagles might win the Super Bowl because despite the fact that they're playing some lackluster football, they are, you know, in this hypothetical, the way I'm answering the question, they would be. 11 and two you know what i mean with full and total control in the division towards the one seed probably playing a crappy you know whoever in the divisional round like they would have a a fast track ticket almost to the nfc championship game i mean so those things would be the most difficult things for me to admit i don't think it's anything difficult to admit i think it just you know it would be increasingly concerning that you know if they can't beat if they get blown out by the 49ers and the cowboys in back-to-back weeks that's not good not a deal i don't think that means there definitely is a cap on this team but it makes you wonder certainly more that if there is and it worries you a lot um but again i think a lot could change by the next time those teams play especially if the eagles end up do getting the one seed um or having home field in the different you know if the eagles and cowboys play again in philly i like that matchup a lot more than in this week's game in dallas um he's getting some key players back that's in theory, nice on paper. Zach Cunningham should be back for this game. They really missed him last week. Dallas Goddard will be back. So um, those are nice additions to have back to the table here. But um, yeah, I don't think this game changes a lot, which I guess goes back to what I said. I think like, the Cowboys have more to lose here. Is that fair to say? I mean, again, it, I think it depends how you look at that because, you know, either team, you know, both teams are going to be in the playoffs, right? So like neither team is like, losing right like your your season isn't over if you lose this game it's just it's you you have to reckon with some realities you have to have those hard admissions and so um on one hand i mean if the eagles get blown out i think that might be the harder admission like okay maybe maybe we are we are frauds like you know what i mean maybe we were just barely holding on and we've lost touch or whatever versus if dallas I think that means yeah. that though i think it's a fair question to ask 100 percent, it has to be raised but i don't necessarily think it means that i think it's possible I th- Again, I, think, I just brought up the example of the 49ers. They had a tough stretch. They're fine now. That's true. But I think, and I've heard you say this, and I don't say this in like a mocking way or, a, or like whatever way. But I mean, like people have been saying like, oh, the Eagles are winning all this, all these games. And like, they haven't even played their best football yet. Like, how do we know the best football is like yet to come? You know what I mean? Like no, the, the I've, best. I've definitely 
Like, I, I know, I know, I, I know you have, but like, I think that would be a hard thing to deal with for Eagles fans as a, as a general group, right? Like, okay, like, I think that that would be the reality of like, okay, the best football is not yet to come. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, this is just who they are, and they're they're fading while other teams are, are surging, you know, et cetera, X, Y, and Z to follow all that stuff. That would, I think, be the scariest reality to, to face if you're an Eagles fan. Again, assuming they lose this game. Yeah, and that's going to come up, and that's definitely possible. But I keep going back to the point of because there's so much time still between now and the first playoff game, especially if you do have the bye, that the dynamic can change. Do I think it's unlikely? Yes, absolutely. I think it's unlikely. I can't rule it out because that's a big amount of time, and it's also a big advantage to have. Um, I want to get to some of these comments really quickly. Um, some most of some of these are, are non-football related. Zach says, who plays BLG and RJ in the NFC East mixtape movie? Seth Rogen, clearly for you. Um, Do you think anyone tells me. Seth Rogen that he looks like me? Um, yeah, I'm sure he's been told once or twice. Like I mean, like, does podcast he, guy. Does he, does he know Bradley Cooper? Has he done a, a movie with Bradley Cooper? I feel like probably by the way, Bradley point. Cooper saying he would rather the Eagles win the Super Bowl than win an Academy Award is the biggest lie that anybody has ever told. So, you know, I don't think it's a lie. I think it's who cares? What's, what's an Oscar worth? Uh, Steve says, I want to hear BLG. I think you meant answer the duck that question after a couple of more IPAs. Um, so that'll be funny. Um, Andrew says, when are we going to get a Madden 24 matchup of RJ versus BLG? Um, you um, recently got a PS5, so you could yeah, you could get Madden, and we could do that. I've been playing Madden in like I don't know, eight years, seven. It's been a long time. Um, Kyle says I think the Eagles have way more to lose because of that loss to the Niners. I think that is somewhat fair because, like you know, the like the Eagles have one strike against them in terms of like recent memory, right? Like so, like carrying two strikes would be, you know, a lot more. Yeah, it would suck. Harrowing. But I don't think. Yes, I agree. It'd be very concerning. Uh, David had a great answer, by the way. Hardest thing to admit that a December Eagles Dallas game doesn't mean that much. That's a tough reality. That's a that's a good one. That's a good good point by David. Eric says, uh, Brandon, who would you rather? Because Eric, the, who the Cowboys won last year, didn't matter. Eric says, Brandon, who would you rather win MVP, Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott? Brock Purdy. Brian, by the way, says, uh, behind on listening, BLG surgeries have vastly changed and are much less invasive than they were 30 years ago. Brian, I don't know if you know how old I am, but I did not. I was not 13 30 years ago. Uh, so uh, thank you, though. Um, yeah, that's fine. Um, Brandon the says, Cowboy I, says, I don't see Seth Rogen count. Oh, said, I don't see the Seth Rogen count. Brandon says, I feel like BLG sounds like Tanner from Project Fear slash Destination. I don't know what that is. I had to look that up. I don't either. Um, so I wanted to get to your dad's comment. Mr. Gotten said, BLG and RJ. Look at that. He put BLG first. Uh, are you planning a bet for this game? Like loser wears the other team's logo, et cetera. No, because I'm taking the Cowboys to win. <laughs> so that doesn't make any Okay, well, this is what I sense. wanted to save, and I almost forgot about it. So thank you for bringing it back up. Um, for the other show that Brandon and I do, we all have a lock of the week. Um you know, that's based on point spreads for what it's worth. And uh, Brandon messaged Steven Serta and I, you can all listen to that show on Friday. We'll record it tomorrow morning. Brandon messaged us that his lock of the week is the Dallas Cowboys, his three and a half point favorites. Uh, my contention is that Brandon is down so badly with regards to the Eagles that he is trying to reverse jinx against them or, or for them, I guess, against the Cowboys. Uh, mm -hmm. What is your rationale, not only in picking 
the, the Cowboys Brandon, but in locking them up. I had the Eagles losing this game in my win-loss prediction when the schedule came out. I've never changed that because they haven't won there since 2017. They haven't swept the Cowboys since 2011. Do I think this Eagles team right now is going to be the team that sweeps the Cowboys? Like, do you, does anyone buy that? Does anyone think that's a likelihood? No, but, but everyone no. sees through this. Brian has the great comment says it's a win-win like, for that's BLG. That's not a, that big of a spread to cover. So it's a really, actually, I think a night, if you think, if you think the Cowboys are going to win this game, why would you not take that spread? I mean, three and a half's a lot. Um, the Lunar Cowboy notes that you are applying your emotional hedge, which you are pretty famous for at this point in time. Uh, David agrees with me that it sounds like a reverse jinx. Three and a half is a big, again, of all the games in the NFL this week, that's your lock. I mean, again, I, it makes sense yeah. to pick them to cover, but to lock. That was a 114 straight at home. They haven't covered. They didn't cover last week. They, 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 last week, okay, they, there was a, what, a 10, nine and a half, nine it points. It was nine spread. and a half. That's a, yeah. that's, that's a big number. So this is three and a half. We oh I know you love that bit. You must think that the Cowboys are a better team than the Eagles right now. Like if you're willing to lay three and a half points down, you must think they are, and you must believe that I don't Dak think Prescott they're a better team. I think they're in a better spot in this given week because of everything I listed in terms of rest advantage and whatnot. Brian, that's your locking up your favorite team. That's true. You love the Cowboys more than a lot of other people. What's RJ's? You who are locking this also have a word. No, I, I haven't. I, I said specifically, I wanted to know if I could lock them up. That was my question because we've never had uh, us like share a lock that you and I, but anyway. So I wanted to know if I was allowed to. I haven't come to terms on my locking. I have all the games to choose from if I want to. Um, so, well, that's yeah. also part of why I said it first because I didn't want you to get a chance at it first. Again, the like the emotion involved in here is staggering. It's game theory. I want to make sure I have a better pick than you do. So you don't want to bet on the Eagles. Some kind of fun bet for the, even just for content sake, you don't want to do it. No. I mean, what am I, I don't think they're going to win. So what what's the point of that? Content. That's what the point would be to have to live yeah, out. But the like, bet. I don't believe in it. I can't. It's just, I'm, wow. no. what would it be? What do you want to do? I can't think. Of I loved the bet that you and stats did a, a few years back where you had to sing, that, to sing? that San Francisco song. Um, so I like I think that should be I, and if it's not going to be a Cowboys song, um, like we should have listeners pick a very Dallas based song that Brandon has to okay. sing the chorus of on next week's mixtape and vice versa. It can't be Fly Eagles Fly, um, mm. but like a Philly based song and that I will sing the chorus of on the mixtape. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. You're down bad. And uh, if the Eagles cover, then that would nullify the bet in theory. Like we did. We said that last time, too. A lot of people are advising me to take the Eagles and reverse your reverse jinx. That'd be funny. You should do that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> do it. Um, but then, again, if I'm betting on the Eagles, then I would have to sing a Dallas song and vice versa. So, like, this would be very strange. You have ruined I, it. Yeah. Your, your down badness with the Eagles has ruined uh, potential for content, just so we're clear. I don't think it's down badness. I think I just think they're in a tough stretch, and I think they're going to bounce back from where they're at right now but i think look this is literally according to like espn or at one point whatever metric it was like this is like one of the no not even one of it's like the sixth game like the hardest six game stretch a team has ever had it's mm -hmm. like unprecedented in terms wow. of what the eagles are doing the poor eagles. adding on top that they have these rest disadvantages i think it's possible that this team is just like tired right now 
they're just physically and mentally tired. I think they're in a rut right now. I think that's very possible. That doesn't mean they can't get out of the rut, but it does mean they're in the rut right now. Okay, let's live in your um, extrapolation of, of the events. What does the bounce back look like for the Eagles? So they, in your world, they fall to 10 and 3. I presume you have them beating Seattle next year. Do they win out? Like, is that what you're, they finish 14 and 3? I mean, yeah, maybe, I don't know if they went out because, you know, who knows about week 18, what situations. Okay, well, they, they went point. out to the point of clinching, right. is what you're suggesting. Yeah, I think it could some, look something like that. It's like, oh, wow, they lost to the 49ers and Seahawks, or 49ers and Cowboys back-to-back. They're terrible, worthless. Everyone kind of tunes out. And then it's like, oh, they're probably going to lose to the Seahawks, too. And then they go into Seattle, and they win. It's like, oh, okay, maybe, okay, maybe this team... Maybe they're not done, but the Seahawks aren't even that good. Like Eagles fans are saying, it's like, it's just the Seahawks. Geno stinks, blah, 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 whatever. I've said that. But then they have a big win, big, like style, their first style points win over the year. You're saying the it, Giants. it's like a, like a 40 to nothing, 38 to 10 kind of. Big block game okay. in Philly on Christmas Day. Everyone's feeling good. It's like, oh, it's Christmas. The Eagles won. Everyone's happy, blah, blah, blah. But it's just the Giants. Who cares? Then they beat Jonathan Ginn, and people are happy about that in week 17, whatever. And then maybe they clinch at that point. Maybe they don't, depending on what happens week 18. And then they go into the playoffs being like, the conversation will be, well, did this Eagles team truly turn the corner or did they just beat up on bad teams? That's going to be the the story going into the playoffs. I have to say, um, I've enjoyed this week. And it's not even Friday yet. Because um, it feels like Eagles fans are having to experience what life has been like for Cowboys fans as far as the national media uh, for the last, I don't know, 18 months. Um, like the David Carr thing was ridiculous, but like those things were said about Dak left and right, like those ridiculous takes. Well, in so, part because he got hurt too, yeah. And, and Cooper Rush went what four, four and, and one. one. That was yeah, one, he went yeah. four and one. So um, again, it's just it's just kind of funny. Like it's it's kind of and even like the way these teams are are kind of foils of one another. Like and you had talked about and you have mentioned this last year defending the Eagles blowing out all these bad teams, right? Like, hey, you can only play who's on your schedule. And so, like, if that was, like, what generic Eagles fans said of all of last year, it rendered you, like, power – not you specifically, again, but, like, rendered you powerless to, like, poke holes in the Cowboys because that was what you hoisted up about the Eagles last year. Again, it's, like, a really funny dichotomy that these uh, these teams are experiencing. By the way, uh, you said they're tired. The Lunar Cowboys said we are all tired of the Kobe. Fine Oak things. Fine Oak thing says RJ sings dancing on my own. I have no problem hmm. singing uh, the no, song yeah, that represents no, the team no. who lost the World Series of the Houston Astros. I, is so. this an Eagles comment, or is this a Philly comment, or is this like a troll Astros? Or I don't. Raiders I really don't know. Um, so by, and Johnny Boy. Decks. Johnny Boy said the toughest stretch matched by a run of luck. So I don't know what that means. People have accused the Eagles of being very lucky this year. What is the Eagles? I'm asking. Okay. What is the Eagles point differential? I don't you know. know off the top of my head. I mean, that's I think that's what it's obviously gives... worse after the Niners game. Right. But they they also haven't played. Let's be real. The Eagles haven't played like three of their easiest games this year yet. They haven't. That's a fact. That's 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 extremely relevant to the point differential. Well, I know. But to that point, I mean, the Cowboys have boosted theirs against teams that the Eagles did play like the Rams or the Patriots. I mean, like, of course, you know, or the Jets. I mean, well, so. I mean, the Rams also lost their quarterback throughout that's relevant i mean that's certainly irrelevant okay well the, the jets quarterback was zach wilson i mean that's relevant too so you know yeah what, what quarterback is better that the eagles lost to zach wilson or brock Purdy? i mean <laughs> brock Purdy. I, know, okay. just, I don't understand the angle to this question closing thoughts the floor is yours Brandon. um eagles lose i'm gonna say 
score. I forget what the over-under is, so I'm not really basing this off of that. I'm going to say off the top of my head, 33-26. to 33-26 is your prediction. The over-under is 51 and a half. So you are covering that over quite comfortably. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I have s- over in this game. I have said that I think the Cowboys <laughs> quote unquote win comfortably, but it's like a late, you know, touchdown that, that makes it a two possession game. Like maybe the Cowboys win something like th- I was going to say 37, 27, but it's like 30 to 27 and Dallas punches it in with like 14 seconds left or something. You know what I mean? Something like that. Um, like it's closer than the, the box score or the final score would kind of have you realize. Um, and I also want, I mean, obviously I want this, but I also don't want the, like everything to be sewn up. You know, two weeks before Christmas, that would be boring. So, yeah, I mm, want the chaos. Disagree. Uh, Johnny Boy says, uh, sorry, uh, Brian says, nice score because he and Johnny Boy both said 35 28 boys. The Lunar yeah, Cowboys said 34 24 boys. Um, for anyone who's unfamiliar with the mixtape, first of all, shame on you. Uh, but something we do every week is we all add a song to an ever growing NFC East mixtape playlist. Our incredible producer, Rachel Prevet chose wannabe starting something uh by michael jackson by the way um earlier this week Cavante turpin on a podcast with uh, the dallas cowboys official channel um he said that brandon cooks is always singing the same michael jackson song he didn't say which one but if it's wannabe starting something you know good job Rachel. so that is her song choice i think that's our first repeat artist on the playlist no i went taylor swift twice is it... because okay. you know duh the second season. maybe unless yeah. it's drake might have been drake too uh, Brandon, what is your song choice and why? Last time for the Eagles Cowboys game in week nine, I picked like, you know, kind of like a, a pump up song a little bit, if you will. I'm going to stick with that. It's a little bit of a different one, but I think it still counts. It is an instrumental only song. It is by the XX and it's called intro. You probably know it if you've heard it, but you probably, you probably you might not recognize it if I just say it, the name, but if you if you listen to the song, you've heard the song before. What is this called? It's called Intro by the XX. Intro by the XX. Yeah. And you're confident that people have heard of this song? 100%. Look at the chat. Yeah. Look at the chat. Look at the chat. Wow. The chat. Okay. Eliz- Elizabeth song. having your back doesn't really count. I mean, not that that's not, not a slide against Elizabeth, but like she has your back on everything. So, Zach like, also under- has my back. Um, I'm going to go with a song that. I can like I hate when people be like, "Oh, I I knew that band before they were big." You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm I'm not that person. Like, I'm not musically inclined. But I had a friend in high school who told me about this band, um, and I was like, "Oh," and like again, I'm not like a, a big music head or whatever. But I was like, "This is this is a great band." Like, you know, I like some of their songs. Like, I I get down to this. Um, the band is Block Party, and uh, a sitcom that was really great before it sucked was How I Met Your Mother. We don't have to talk about, obviously, how that ended. Um, but the season one finale featured, mm. I oh. feel like I'm pretty safe spoiling this at this point in time, granted that it's been like 15, 16, 17 years or whatever it's been, uh, Ted running in the rain to go get Robin uh, with the blue French horn while This Modern Love by Block Party played. Where there were some really good music choices in How I Met Your Mother, including well, um, Where Soul Meets Body by Death Cab. That was a great usage in the series. Yeah, and I mean, Kristen Milioti, who played the mother, a musically talented person. So, um, you know, the NFC East mixtape is a story of modern love in a lot of ways. I mean, Cowboys and Eagles, there's a lot of modern love there. This modern love. 
All right. Everyone's saying goodnight in the chat. Time to wrap it up. Um, also, did Elizabeth say Slay, BLG, because your favorite player is Darius Slay? All right. Um, on that note, time to as, time to end the show. As we leave, Brandon is going to tell us something that he promises to eat before we record TGI football on Friday. Go. TGI football on Friday? It's tomorrow morning. <laughs> I don't I, nothing probably. You're not gonna eat anything in the next 14 hours? I'm, I don't think I'm gonna eat necessarily before the show. It could be anything. We'll take snacks or say, candies or treats. Uh this is my favorite brand of cheese stick. I love a cheese stick. Frigo. Frigo cheese stick. It's the best. <laughs> 